0: Okay, welcome back to Shell's Chatter. I am driving right now, and I'm hoping that I'm not lost. Um, I actually had to come out and do some, run a couple errands for my husband, um, which is why, we'll get into that a little bit, which is why I wasn't making podcasts for a while. My husband got very, very, very ill um, in December. Um, He got ill to the point where he was hospitalized, and um, he was placed in the hospital, I think December 16th, 17th, something like that, Um, and he was basically in the hospital for three months, on and off, mostly on, and he would, you know, come home for two or three days and we would see that there was no progress made or very little progress made and he would end up back in the hospital um, dealing with things that were becoming increasingly worse so um, we had to do what we had to do to make sure that he was better so it took a lot of my time um, which I of course don't regret so I've been able to just focus on you know other things outside of just taking care of my husband taking care of our children and um, trying to you know focus on school some so I was wanting to get back to the podcast and I finally have free time a but I finally found something that I needed to talk about. So I was like, let me just put it in the podcast just to get it out there. So I am looking into starting to homeschool my children. I don't know much about the homeschool setup and how it works. Um, I know one person who did homeschool their children. And the person that was homeschooled was one of my, one of my best friends um, in my older teenage younger 20s years, she was my best friend, and her and her sister were both both homeschooled. And I don't know a lot of information about you know the process that they went through and all that. Um, but I do I did see the results of their homeschooling in the things that I'm afraid of. Because my son is seven, and he was very extremely um, antisocial before he started school. So I was a stay-at-home mom. I'm still a stay-at-home mom. But I was a stay-at-home mom when my kids were little, and I didn't want to jump out with um, putting them into schools if I didn't have to. So my daughter stayed home until until kindergarten. She didn't go to preschool. She, I, I, worked at, I tried to work at a daycare for a little while when she was younger, and she attended the daycare with me for a little while, and I just did not like the teacher that she was in the class with, so I decided that it wasn't for me, um, for us. So I cut that part out. Of our routine, and this light green, and because I cut that out of our routine, it became um, better, I guess, for us to um, just focus on, you know, what we could do with her at home. Um, I tried to get her back into some preschool classes and things like that, just to get her acclimated with being in school. And she took to some of the classes really well. She had really good um, preschool teachers, really nice teachers. Um, And it was, you know, what it was. But she was in, like, a daycare type of preschool. So it wasn't like she was learning, you know, classwork, stuff like that. Um, And then when she started kindergarten, she started kindergarten at the school she still attends now. And her kindergarten teacher noticed that she was just, like, way far behind um, kindergarten age. Uh, Curriculum, whatever she was teaching them, she just couldn't pick up. And so we had her tested and did find out that she was developmentally delayed. And so we, you know, got the advice from her teachers basically for the resources that she needed and how to go about implementing those resources and setting up whatever needed to be set up for her to, you know, thrive. And so we had everything set up for her. And she's been in those classes those courses with those teachers since kindergarten she's in third grade now and she still struggles with more than half of the stuff she was already struggling with in kindergarten so i haven't seen progress made the one thing that i will say is she loves social studies and science so she has the most amazing social studies and science teacher and the teacher was you know teaching the class what they're supposed to learn and my daughter can't read so she couldn't take the tests she couldn't do the classwork because it's all on paper you have to read it and you know fill in the answers stuff like that and she doesn't keep up with um the the conversation so if the teacher's like reading something my daughter can't follow along on the paper obviously because she can't read so she doesn't know what words what sentence what number none of that Um, so it was hard for her to keep up with it, but her teacher decided, you know, I'm going to try a different method. And so instead of her, um, going about teaching my daughter the way she teaches the other kids, she decided to do some vocal questions with my daughter. And so she wouldn't, verbal questions, I should say. So she wouldn't give her a paper to look at. She would just ask her the questions. And when she started doing it that way, my daughter was able to answer every single question um, 100% of the time. So she started testing her that way. And then my daughter's grade went from, I think, a C when she couldn't figure things out to now she has an A in that class. Because she understands the information, she just can't read it and she can't you know, obtain through reading, basically. So that's the only course that I think she is, courses, because science and social studies are two different classes, although it's the same teacher. I think those are the only two courses that she has excelled. Um, she struggles with math. She can't, like I said, she can't read. Um, there's a lot of things that she's just not learning in school. And I'm not the, I, I, she, doesn't, she doesn't get sent home with homework. So she gets sent home and I don't want her to go from, I have been in school for, you know, eight hours, come home and gonna do three more hours of school so she can learn from me what she should have learned at school. So I'm not really, I'm also not feeling her new teacher. She had an incredible um, special education teacher when we first found out what was going on with her and that teacher stayed in contact with me. We talked all the time. We had a really good uh, relationship with each other, and that made me feel good, because when you're dealing with something like this, like you're, you know, you're not sure, or this is your first experience with something like this, you don't really know how to handle it, how to address it, and so having the extra support, the added support, um, is really important. It was for me, but she got a new teacher, and this new teacher is, like, a lot younger, and she's um, very stoic. She's not, like, a happy, positive, She doesn't have the teacher spirit to me. She doesn't have like a bubbly, like exciting. She's not like that. She comes in to do the job. She gets the job done. and That's it. She has no connection with the kids, nothing like that. And I feel like when you're teaching, especially a special education classroom, there's a certain personality you need to have for the children first and foremost. But I feel like there's a connection or a responsibility you have for the parents as well should be where you, you know, consider the parents feelings and that type of thing. But that's not the relationship that we have or that she has with my daughter. So, I did go to school. Well, I won't call it school. It was school, but I won't call it that. I have a certification to teach. I had a certification to teach. It expired by now. Because I've been a stay-at-home mom for about 10 years. But I did get certified as a teacher before I had my children. And so, I do have knowledge of teaching the part that scares me is that when I'm when I was teaching I was teaching in the classroom so I had you know a curriculum book curriculum activity things like that where I could pull from and you know learn you know base my curriculum off of that um who were also like find little activities we had themes of months we had things like that and I would plan it out and I had a co-teacher who would also help me plan things out um so it wasn't just like all on me to to figure it out. When I do homeschooling, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how the curriculum is planned out. I don't know how strict the rules are. And I feel intimidated because my daughter is developmentally delayed and I'm not skilled in dealing with children who have special needs because um, and people were like, How can you say that? You deal with your daughter every day. My daughter is only developmentally delayed with academics. In school, she is. She's compared to, you know, what other kids learn and how she, what she should be doing in school. And she doesn't meet those standards. Outside of the school, she's a regular nine year old. And I don't want to say regular because she's regular nine year old to me all the time. But in everyday life, she's not developmentally delayed. She's very smart. She knows more than she should at nine years old. And so she sees everything, she knows everything, you know, that she should know at nine years old outside in the real world. So I don't deal with her in a developmentally delayed way at home. But my fear is if she's in school and has been working with people who specialize in this for four years and nothing's changed, what? impact or what difference would I make doing it at home and I'm not you know specifically skilled in those areas the only benefit or one of the benefits I think that she will have coming from me is that my attention would be focused on her and only on her so okay well that was an alert to my phone (laughs) let's turn that off we don't want that while we're trying to talk um I don't want my um my lack of knowledge for certain things to be her downfall and that's I think where I'm at with the fear I don't want to fail her I don't want her to feel like she came home to homeschool when she's doing worse than she was and I don't want that for her But I do also think that because I know my daughter learns differently, differently in different ways than, you know, other kids, which I think most kids have their own way of learning. I feel like having her learn outside of school would be good for her. And I know there are things that you can do when you're doing homeschool that don't require you to like be in the house and it's not such a schedule where you have to get up at eight o'clock and get to be here and do this for five hours and three hours and we don't have to do that um it can be to me I feel like learning's everywhere you take your kids to the grocery store and you say hey you go over there and pick out three lemons you go pick out four limes and they have to put the you know things in the back and count them they learned how to count um Take them down the aisle. We're looking for the blue bag of chips. We're looking for the bag of, you know, something that's blue. And they find that they know their colors. So I feel like there's ways to learn outside of the house, which is great because my daughter is not, it's easier to teach her when she's not so constructed to a form of, a form of learning where she can just learn in the way she learns best. Um, But I also don't feel like I want them to be taught things that they don't need to learn. So, um, being a stay at home mom, I became very obsessed with being my children's only influence and I enjoyed that. And then when they went to school and now they come home and they know songs that I, we don't listen to, they know words we don't say, and it's just very, you know, different. Um, I don't know. I, I was raised, of course, differently than my husband. My husband and I have a, a very big age gap between us um and we were raised very differently my husband's a, a southern man and he was raised down south I was raised up north but I was raised my my grandmother had a big hand in raising me and she was from Alabama so she's a southern grandmother but she taught us certain things that words like bad words so my, I lived in my house with my mom my mom was an alcoholic, and she cussed nonstop in conversation. She just did it, just friendly. She would cuss at us. That's how she did. how she parented. Um, my grandmother made words that weren't really cuss words. Cuss words. So I was around my mom, and I knew what real cuss words were. But my grandma would be like, "You don't say the word, but like to talk about your derriere, you don't say but." You call it your behind, you call it your bottom, your bum. She didn't want us saying that. Uh, We weren't allowed to say shut up. We couldn't say liar, liar. We couldn't say anything like that. So um, my kids were raised similarly. Nobody in the house says shut shut up. My husband and I choose not to to cuss. Um, And that's, for me, it's easier to not do something than, than it is to like unlearn how to do something so when you're when you're cussing because I was around my mom doing it the it's a natural thing so if I was like cussing all the time if I dropped something or if I hurt myself the first word out of my mouth is gonna be a cuss word because my mind is just you know geared towards that and I just didn't want my kids around that just because I know how it made me feel growing up so we're very careful with the words that we do use in our house so um my kids are not not allowed to say stupid shut up they can't call each other liars they do say but they say but because it is a body part and I taught my kids their body parts their real names of their body parts because I don't want them to be somewhere and something happens and my husband and I are not around and they use like a pet name for something And the person doesn't know what they're talking about, so they know all their body parts by, you know, the medical terms, medical names for them. um, So that people can know this is what this part is, somebody touched it, somebody heard it, whatever. Um, But because of outside influences, my kids do know other words. They've come home and say and said some words that we have to correct them and say we don't use that kind of language in our house. Those are not, you know, nice words. We don't say that. And, you know, they pick up on it. They they might say, like, why can't we say that? My friend said it. And we'll just tell them, you know, we just don't do that in our house. We're not judging anybody else. They do what they do. We just don't do that here. Um, But because I know the world is not that sheltered and that my kids will not live with me forever. And even if they are living in my house and if they're homeschooled, even until they go, you know, through high school, They're going to have friends outside of the house. They're going to want to go out. They're going to learn how to drive. They're going to have their own lives. And it's not going to be a bubble. So I can't protect them from everything, obviously. And I don't feel like, for me, homeschooling is protection for them. I feel like it's just the easier way for them to learn. Because the school that they're in is not a bad school. It's just the situation and it's mainly for my daughter my son is in first grade and he's on the first grade level for most things some things he's excelled um the first grade level but most of his work is you know fine there's no questions there's nothing like that for him my fear for him is if I pull him from school will he go back to being antisocial and I don't want that for him. I don't want him to revert to those ways. So I really am just making a podcast, recording audio to reach out to ask for some advice. I know there are a lot of parents who do homeschool, especially nowadays since the pandemic. Um I know a lot of a lot of schools were doing virtual learning and I know a lot of parents have just decided to homeschool their children. And there were some parents who were doing it, you know, before the pandemic even started. So I'm really just reaching out to all the moms and dads out there who do homeschool um, for any information that you guys have or maybe somebody that you know that does homeschooling that they can give some information, some feedback, um, anything that would be, you know, helpful for homeschooling. Because I just don't know that much about it and I don't want to enter into it and set my kids up like, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we got it, we got it. And then we get home and I fail. And that means they fail. So I don't want to start something without, you know, having all the information I can have. So I do know a couple people that I've reached out to that reached out to me on Facebook, um, that do homeschool. So I'm going to try to get some information from them and, um, see what we can do because I want the best for my children and I'm willing to do whatever that means to make that happen for them. So I hope you guys are having a great day. My next podcast will be more of a catch-up of what's been going on with me and my husband because I really want to share a testimony with everybody out there because it's really, 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 really important. Um but I hope you guys have a great day and I will talk to you soon.